Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The first two days of the NFL Combine, nearly every single general manager and head coach step on these risers talk for about 15 or 20 minutes in these mini press conferences to the media. Hayden, that means we get a ton of coach speak, a ton of GM jargon. We have watched it all, read it all, and have tried to pick out 19 or 20, roughly, nuggets, piece of information that actually matter to the people out there. It's time to play some bullshit detector. We know some of this there's some truth. Sometimes there's a little bit less truth and we have grinded the blurbs. We've grinded the press conferences. My favorite part about this is the head coaches and the GMs do their interviews separately. Yes. But they use almost the same exact words uh, together uh, for most of the time. Other times they kind of disagree. Um, so we'll see. Well, it, to me, it's like the quotes plus is it actually feasible? And that's what we're doing today. We are laughing about this, but in previous years and past years, we have taken some relevancy. From things that are said this week. You also figure out who's a liar straight to your face. Yep. And you also get to meet some head coaches and GMs for the first time and see which ones are big lame and other ones that are kind of interesting. Yes. You know, I, right. I, I've been loving the Mike McDaniels interviews. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Let's kick it off with first. You have to start with the number one pick. It's the Chicago Bears and Ryan Poles. Let's kick it on over to their general manager right here. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are some scenarios um, that it might benefit us to move, you know, before free agency, you know, opens potentially. Um, but again, when we get back with all the information that we've gathered from here, I think we'll have a better direction. Is that just because it would give you a clear view of what you need, or, or how would it be beneficial? Uh, a clear view of what we need, um, and there's scenarios where you could, you know, add players as well potentially, um, which again gives you some clarity on what you want to do in the draft. So oftentimes these head coaches and general managers both speak to the national media, but also then the local media afterwards. And Ryan Poles, general manager for the Bears, this entire time has kind of gone back to this one saying of, quote, we would have to be blown away by one of these rookies. But I felt when he was talking to the more in-the-know local beat writers that he was more open and honest that almost certainly like to me, almost the 99th percentile that this number one pick is going to be traded to someone else. 
Yeah, Eberflus also said it um, basically as well. He said that we're ready to build around him and that that he's on the right track with his development. Adam Schefter, before even all these interviews, he said that they're leaning towards doing it. So I completely agree with you. Some team's going to trade up for that first overall pick. I think a little side note part of this conversation was we have to talk about Jalen Carter. If Jalen Carter drops in the draft a little bit, I think that's going to change a little bit of the dynamic. It is a misdemeanor, and I've already seen some quotes that the NFL teams aren't going to care about this overly too much as long as the news is what it is right now and nothing crazier with that. But I think all, all, all signs point to Justin Fields with the most cap space and potentially some possibly like big players like Laramie Tunsil, Brandon cooks. If the Texans swap up, is it that what a trade uh, for a player looks like? There's going to be a bunch of teams coming up for the first pick. We'll circle back to Jalen Carter in a little bit. I, I did want to mention and, and talk through the exact verbiage that Ryan Poles just used because oftentimes we have seen the NFL combine be like a launching point for a lot of these top pick trade discussions. Like back in the day when it was, I believe the Tennessee Titans and the St. Louis Rams were uh, let's say roommates, neighbors in terms of their suites at Lucas oil stadium. That's when the Jared golf deal was consummated right now. The timeline it might happen, a deal like this, for the number one overall pick. It can happen all the way to, you know, the Bears are on the clock. How Ryan Poles just exclaimed is that it might actually be beneficial to Chicago for this trade to happen before free agency starts. And it's because the details you just mentioned. This team has an historic level of capital to use this offseason. Like $100 million in free agency. So if that number one pick swap includes players on the other end, as you just mentioned a couple names, that shapes what positions they need to target in free agency. So you don't just want to spend this money willy-nilly in free agency when it's so pivotal to build um, a roster during that period and then later on get draft picks on top of it. So I do think that a trade could happen here in the next couple weeks. I agree also because the second overall pick with the Texans is most definitely going to be a quarterback as well. So if one of these teams falls in love with Bryce Young way over C.G. Stroud or vice versa, you have to go and make sure that you get that first overall pick because the Texans most likely will get a guy themselves. I do think that it does make some sense for the Bears and the Texans just to swap picks, add in a player, and then that way the Bears can get Will Anderson. Um, The reason why Jalen Carter matters here because if Jalen Carter is no longer a consensus top five pick, that's going to dictate how far down the Bears should drop or are willing to drop. I think the the Panthers at ninth overall is kind of probably the lowest a team will jump all the way back up there. Um, but I do think that some teams going to fall in love with Stroud or Bryce Young. I just don't know which one. Final piece of info. Ryan Poles did say that the Bears are going to do a ton of homework on this rookie quarterback class. So don't, at least in my opinion, let that alter what we have just talked about here. Like, in fact, They're going to go to all these pro days. They're already meeting with all of them during the NFL combine and not just at the pro days. They're going to spend extra time with them. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys do go on visits, depending on if that pick is dealt already. Now I say this with 99% confidence that this pick is going to be traded. There's still that 1% that still is going to linger no matter what until the deal is made. If I have to grind the tape, then I think the team with the first overall picture, <laughs> at least just to say, how good is, the, is this prospect? How much draft capital are we actually going to get here? Many teams are going to call, come calling. The Bears just straight down, draft Justin Fields, get a 2024 pick so you can get some Caleb Williams action. Since you mentioned Jalen Carter, let's have that conversation now. 
Uh, it's really serious stuff. All right. So Jalen Carter is a subject of an arrest warrant in Athens after being implicated by police for racing in the car crash that took the life of obviously a former teammate and a former staffer at Georgia um, is two misdemeanor charges. As you said, there's a lot of layers to this, right? One, Jalen Carter already in September was ticketed for driving 89 in a 45, right? Two, apparently he has already changed his story multiple times with local police. And this is just what they have said so far that he was a mile away from the accident. Then a couple cars away, then he was right next to it. He left the scene, then came back so on and so forth. Um, it's really complicated. And obviously he has left the NFL combine, which is such an important event for someone who is projected to be a top five pick and life event in general. I have no idea how this is going to play out. I'm not going to try to pretend to be a lawyer. I just want to stress the significance of this and how, to be honest, it seems like multiple bad decisions led to obviously a really tragic outcome that seemingly Jalen Carter was somewhat a part of. Yeah, this is a, this is a major traumatic life event here and impacts a bunch of people here. Um, it's it's very tough look for him, and he's going to have to answer a lot of these questions. There were some character concerns po po pointed out by Todd McShay before all this stuff as well. At the same time, Jalen Carter is the first overall player on Daniel Jeremiah's board. He, there was a chance that the Bears weren't going to be able to trade this pick that he could go first overall. So it really just comes down to the the Cardinals at third overall. They all want him. The Seahawks at fifth overall make a lot of sense to me. Or is he going to drop even further than that? Uh, without this news, I think that he was going to be a top five pick. With this, I don't know. Maybe he drops a little bit. But at the end of the day, the NFL really is um, football first. And then they deal with all the off-field stuff after just legally real quick. It's like a $1,000 fine up to a year in um, prison for each one of these charges. We'll see what happens. He hasn't even said uh, his side of the story yet. Yeah, just awful. That happened in January. Okay. Should we hear from the Colts and Chris Ballard about one of the possible teams that are trading up for number one? Here it is. It. is coming up because I know all the speculation out there. One, to move up, you there's got to be a guy worthy of it. Okay, I know everybody in the in America is going to say like this is what's great right now. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. And but that's going to be the narrative, and that's okay. Y'all got to write something. You got to keep the news flowing. So, but I don't necessarily know if that's the I don't know if that's the the right course of business. If when we meet as a staff and we say okay. This is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, and we think he's the right guy. Sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I think, fairly true. But this is also a, a time where they're possibly calling the Chicago Bears in uh, negotiating the actual terms here. Uh, what caught my eye in the other parts of this interview is they asked him about what quarterback traits he's looking for. He said, fast mind accurate makes plays with the game on the line then shane steichen comes in for his uh part of the interview they asked him his quarterback traits accuracy decision making ability to create so they're on the same exact page here they both kind of mentioned standing in the pocket being able to deliver a, a pass on the third and eight with somebody hitting you 
in the chest. He's historically worked with bigger quarterbacks here. To me, reading between the lines, it seems like they would like C.G. Stroud here. Uh, Bryce Young probably off the board before they get to the fourth overall pick. And then Anthony Richardson isn't necessarily accurate. The decision-making is in progress, but he's certainly able to create here. So I think they're hoping that all of a sudden you see C.G. Stroud there for him at four. Uh, you can't go into the draft and assume that's going to be the case. We already know that Josh McCown uh, and the, the Panthers at ninth overall like C.J. Stroud some at least. Well, should we go straight to the Carolina Panthers then? Please. At number nine. All right. Harris there, Jerome manager and Scott Fitterer. That this might be, and I'm quoting you here, a sexy draft for the Panthers. So with that in mind, right. what has been the focus um, this week? Well, you know, when I talk about that, it's more about skill position. We built defense first and went to offensive line. Those guys are the backbone of our team. Now we can do some of the fun things. You know, might be a receiver, might be a tight end, might be a quarterback. Those are what the fans like to see. So when I say sexy, that's, you know, those are the guys that really stand out. People know. Lots to unpack there. Mm -hmm. All right. One, you know I'm grinding this shit when I am picking out clips from interviews that aren't even on the podium. All right. So that's Scott Fitter with the team in-house reporter. Um, stood out that he said two things. One, we have already built the offensive line. There's a lot of recent mock drafts, and to me, this is why you don't do mock drafts during this time of year, that have projected Skaronsky or other offensive linemen to the Panthers at number nine overall. They've already said off mic that Bradley Bozeman is a very important piece to bring back, obviously, at center. They have bookend tackles with Taylor Moten on the right side and Icky Quine on the left side, and they have some injuries, obviously, in Austin Corbett and Brady Christensen at the guard spots. But they seem set on offensive line. Agreed. We've also spent a ton of money and draft picks, high draft picks, on difference-making defensive players over the years, and maybe that's where they look at in free agency when we talk about some defensive linemen, when we talk about safeties, so on and so forth, because it is, at least in base defense, a change for Ezra when he's coming in and when he's going to run. Now, the sexy picks. We're talking wide receivers. We're talking tight ends, and we are definitely talking quarterbacks. So, at least to me, reading between the leaves, this is showing a little bit of his hand. Yeah, and I kind of believe him. If you're looking back at the Panthers, what they said last combine, it was they basically were telling the truth here. Uh, some teams are complete BSers, and Panthers might be more straightforward. They did, as a quick note, said that they uh, re-signing Deonta Foreman is a priority. He's a free agent. I don't think that would prevent them from getting another running back on day two or day three. Um, but it's not just the quarterbacks talk, they're talking about in the draft. They said they had a great visit with Derek Carr. They're looking at everything that came from Frank Reich. Uh, Frank Reich also said that Bryce Young checks a lot of boxes. He did note that the size is a concern. Uh, but the biggest quote for, for me with, with the, uh, with Scott Fitterer, the GM is he said, quote, you have to be aggressive. He doesn't think that they'll be picking in the top 10 again, because the rest of the roster, if you have a guy quote, go get him. So I do think that the Panthers are looking at either basically Derek Carr or going all the way up and getting somebody that they actually want. Prediction time. The Panthers settle this early on. Okay. They either settle it early on by being the team that signs Derek Carr way ahead of everyone else. And they are one of three teams that are in this, one of three teams that the owner has met with Derek Carr. The other one is the Saints, and the other one is the New York Jets. Right? And if they signed him, they, he, they would be the massive favorite to win that division. Fair. Now, the other part of this, Frank Reich said that he believes Derek Carr is like still a good five-year window ahead of him. But, obviously, the perfect way to build a franchise is to find a young quarterback, a, a rookie quarterback and build through that. So as we just open this entire show with 
teams are going to start wanting to trade for the number one pick early on. Again, I don't think the Panthers, because they have been left without a chair in the roundabout of musical chairs in recent years with the Matthew Stafford's, the Deshaun Watson's, heck, even trying to get Aaron Rodgers, so on and so forth. They will make a move early to solidify the quarterback spot, something they have failed to do over the last three years. I think they'd be the sneaky team to call the Bears and say, screw it, take our 24 and 25th our 25 first round picks and let's get this thing over with. We're picking our guy. Um, yeah, I can see this going either way. Derek Carr is on the table and then I think it's going to be trading up. I don't think they're going to wait and like draft Anthony Richardson. I don't think that they have the luxury to do that. Um, and if you go in, you only sign Jacoby Brissett. All these teams know you're drafting a quarterback. So I think that this is one of the teams that has to make a move now rather than later. Just to stick up for the guy, you mentioned that Frank Reich said that, sure, it's a concern that Bryce Young and his size, but then he said people have broken that in Drew Brees, people have broken mm -hmm. that in Russell Wilson, so on and so forth. Um, it's a very interesting carousel that we have already with with a bunch of these quarterbacks. It's been pretty yeah. cool to listen to like every single Panthers interview name checking Josh McCown, just to say yes. So go and check out Josh McCown's breakdowns of CJ Stroud, of Will Levis, and of Bryce Young down the channel after the show. Do we have any Anthony Richardson takes from him? We do not. Damn we it. Not. That was going to be the next thing that we were going to do uh, before he got this job. All right, Hayden, I think that somewhat wraps up these teams that are involved in the quarterbacks. Obviously, we can talk about the Texans. Didn't take a lot from, obviously, Nick Casario mm -hmm. and D'Amico Ryan in their first stop. Who do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about the Lions. We'll quickly get my yeah. guy, uh, Jamal Williams, out of the way. They said there's mutual interest in returning um, – back into Detroit. They didn't move on from their running backs coach. He went uh, down to uh, Carolina as well. Um, both Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell said that Jared Goff is quote our starter. They said that they want to develop uh, a second quarterback behind him just because they didn't have a legit second quarterback last year. And then Dan Campbell, he said that he wants to get the team quote more athletic. So I think this is one of the teams that would make some sense for Anthony Richardson, a project they have committed to Jared Goff this first year, then they can move on with Anthony Richardson, but they're picking six overall. They don't have to take a quarterback here, but they also have multiple picks uh, in the first round, multiple picks in the second round too. So this is one of the teams I think would make some sense for Anthony Richardson, but I do think they can stay and wait and see what happens at the sixth pick. And maybe the Panthers or somebody like that comes, comes ahead and jumps in front of the Raiders and Falcons who are both also looking for quarterbacks. A lot of these teams that we've heard talk this week and will uh, only have like one quarterback on their roster. And right now, just Jared Goff is the only quarterback on that roster. So Brad Holmes kind of alluded to the fact that no matter what we're going to bring in depth, you can interpret that as, hey, a fifth or sixth rounder can be his backup quarterback. Or you can interpret it as we never want to be picking in the top six ever again. Our roster is too good for that. Our coaching staff is too good for that. So now that we are in the top six, we're going to take our shot and get the guy that we want. Yeah. Dan Campbell said that basically. We're uh, not going to we're not going to like a, a good player is not going to prevent the best player that we have on the board. We're going to acquire talent and figure it out later. Now, also inside the division, I know a lot of people might say that, well, how can you trade with Chicago Bears, the, the Detroit Lions? Uh, the Lions have already done this twice with Quezzy up in Minnesota with TJ Hawkinson deal and mm -hmm. last year's first round pick. Who knows if Ryan Poles is as willing to do that inside his own division and face the quarterback that you trade away, you know, twice a year for multiple years. But um, it has happened in recent years, in recent months, uh, twice. 
at the very least. So I'm hoping we, for Richardson. That offense would be so much fun eventually if they got Richardson in there. We'll see. I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals because I think that this has been a huge talking point of, well, how are the Bengals going to be able to get both long-term deals of T Higgins of Joe Burrow and of Jamar chase? Well, let's hear what general manager Duke Tobin has to say about it. Uh, no, no, I'm not in the business of making other teams better. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better. And so trading T Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my, my opinion, you know, T Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. Ridiculous is the right word. Like, yes, there's been a lot of Twitter GMs love all of you that say, well, you got to plan ahead two or three years from now. And I totally understand, Hayden, that your window to win is endless when Joe Burrow is the quarterback of the team. However, life is easier when it is Joe Burrow throwing to both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And not every deal has to be done right now. You know, you can spread this out and get a deal done with T. Higgins right now, Joe Burrow, and then Jamar Chase when that one comes along. And it's pretty easy to do. And when you structure these quarterback contracts, right, the first day that you sign Joe Burrow to a record-setting deal, the money's the money, the money's low now, and then gets bigger later. Also yes. with T Higgins, he said he wants to stay. Plus, you have the fifth-year option next year, and then a franchise tag and all that stuff too. So, yeah, to me, this is the players that uh, are of actual like cut candidacy is. I guess Tyler Boyd via trade if they had to make a release there. But the other one is Joe Burrow. They asked uh, the general manager and he says, I don't know if Joe, Joe Mixon or yeah, Joe Mixon is going to be on the team. So obviously there was some news um, from a couple weeks ago. I think Joe Mixon is a, is a cut candidate and they'll have to be looking for through the draft with that as well. You said it when you sign long, big deals, uh, the money is the smallest at the start. Mm-hmm. you know, and then it gets larger. So like, it's almost tiered perfectly and, and time perfectly. They're going to get it done. And I've done this. It's just shtick, but I will eat the tweet. If T Higgins gets traded this offseason. I know that it was unfathomable for it to happen to the likes of AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. But this one feels different to me. Totally yep. feels different to me. And T Higgins isn't going anywhere this offseason. I got a big team Packers. Um, for a lot of reasons. First, going into all these press conferences, it seemed like the ESPN guys, Jeff Darlington, Adam Schefter in particular, says that this situation seems like both publicly and privately that these two are breaking up with each other. Uh, They asked uh, Brian Kudekunz, the GM, about Aaron Rodgers. He says that they they haven't had uh, real discussions yet, um, but they have to see if he's, quote, the right fit before making a decision if they want him back. This is the first time they've ever uh, said something where we don't think that he's going to possibly be back. I think he is going to get traded. Uh, They talked about Jordan Love, and he's, quote, ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. So to me, I think that Rodgers will meet with the Packers soon and then facilitate a trade. And it does seem like the Jets are the clear favorites there. But at this point, I would put the odds that Aaron Rodgers gets traded uh, well above 50% at this point. It's totally over for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Jordan Love, now, that means he's fully in our lives. We've seen, you know, glimpses and pieces and all that sort. You know, that makes me think of someone like Christian Watson, who had one of the more unreal, let's just say, box scores and ways of 
you know, accruing his production this past dunked season. on my model completely, no, totally. Yeah. And then it makes you wonder, okay, one, the volume could just go up and that could obviously make this conversation easy. But if it doesn't, then you are probably going to score fewer touchdowns and fewer explosive plays with Jordan Love as your quarterback versus a trick yeah. shot artist in Aaron Rodgers. So that makes this obviously entire offseason second year wide receiver conversation, I think, more difficult. Very complicated. In my rankings, I'm lower than consensus on Christian Watson. I'm ahead of consensus on Jordan Love. The other note, this happened before the combine. Uh, Aaron Jones was expected to make like $20 million. He was getting threatened to be released. He took a pay cut to remain on the team. So it's Jordan Love's last year in the rookie contract. So I, I think that is an underrated big aspect of this. Obviously, when you have Aaron Rodgers, that's the big key here. But this is Jordan Love's last opportunity in Green Bay. So they kind of had to make this decision. I think it's the right decision. I'll probably be like, what, a first-round pick plus for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that the Jets would be the team that makes the most sense. You all can draft Jordan Love right now on Underdog Fantasy. He's going as quarterback 25, 166 overall. That is after C.J. Stroud and one pick ahead of Sam Howell, who we'll get oh. to in a little bit. The same how I can't believe you guys with this later. God, um, since we're having this wide receiver conversation uh, and you getting dunked on, let's take it on over to uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, Tom Telesco. I mean, Keenan Allen to me, he's like he's our Andre Reed. Yeah, he's our Charlie Joyner. Like, yeah, he's he's an incredible football player. We have a great quarterback. We need weapons around him. You know, there's never been any thought of that. So he's 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 with us and. Uh, you know, between him and Mike Williams and Josh Palmer, we think that's a great three receivers for our quarterback. We've got Austin Eckler at running back. You know, we've got an offensive line that can protect. So, you know, those are key weapons we need for our quarterback. So, uh, now we're thrilled with Keenan. I love hearing that. Um, so, for weeks, I've seen you talk, tweet, write that Keenan Allen is not going to be in the Chargers next year. That he's going to be cut. Uh, General manager's mouth. Keenan Allen isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and you also can read my my quote and say it says this is not a must do move in there. It's an option for them. They are tied up against the the cap. I'm not certain that this is not going to happen. Uh, they they entered free agency seven point uh, nine million dollars over the cap here. Trading Keenan Allen would save them fifteen million dollars. We'll see. I, I think that most likely he's back, but I still think there's an opportunity for him to move on this is a team that like Jalen Hyatt who's a first round wide receiver prospect makes some sense because everyone just says they need speed Keenan yeah. Allen's not solving that problem but this is like a win now move and this is their time to to uh go big before Justin Herbert costs 50 plus million dollars yeah, and Josh Palmer's not doing that either like they need no. juice and Kellen Moore new play caller they are not going to have a ceiling on their offense anymore in terms of throwing it down the field um, they did not go out and really add any wide receivers last year. Instead, they added someone like Gerald Everett, who's yards after catch. I expect them to have an overhaul. And I'm with you. I, I was just giving you a little bit of shtick. But w- this I is do. one of those things that either they're hoping Keen Allen like has some a contract renegotiation or the number drops somehow, so on and so forth. Um, but some type of rejuvenation of this wide receiver room outside of Mike Williams needs to happen in order for the chargers to hit their peak potential. And I think Telesco is smart enough to do that. Maybe just draft the first round of receiver with speed, like Jalen Hyatt and just keep, keep all, all of them and just say like, we're just trying to win with the best offense we possibly could. And maybe I can go back and I'm wrong about this. 
all of those wide receivers went before them last year, except for like Traylon Burks and Christian Watson, you know, so like they didn't have yes. the opportunity to do it last year. Yes. Um, this wide receiver class isn't as good. I've watched that. Correct. It's just like not. Chris Olave would be head and shoulders. Number one for me in this class. Yeah, he would be he him and like Jordan Addison would be similar. Everyone else is it's no good. I feel like in the world of streaming services, it is very easy to forget that you subscribe to a platform for just one show, one event, one game, and then get charged over and over and over again. We've all been there after checking our monthly bank statement, and that's just the start of the process. After that, you have to find out where to cancel, how to cancel, click on this button, that button, email this person, that person. But now there is one easy way to take care of all of that. It is rocket money. It shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels them for you, whichever ones you do not want. And in fact, rocket money can find subscriptions you did not even know you were paying for. That's like an extra, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks that you found in your couch cushion. Again, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That is rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. All right, what's next for you? Let's go to the the Jets real quick, just because we talked about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Joe, Joe Douglas, their GM, goes up there and talks about Derek Carr, and he said, quote, he left a strong impression with everybody. They're exploring the veteran quarterback market. Um, he didn't comment on Aaron Rodgers because he's on a, another team. Uh, they did quickly mention Zach Wilson that they feel stronger that he can still hit his ceiling. Um, I think that this is a team that's either going to walk away with Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would be good enough for them. Uh, and I think that Derek Carr wants to probably go to the Jets. So I think they're going to get the quarterback they want. And then on the flip side, Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, those are cornerstone players for them, both of them coming off serious knee injuries. Uh, they're both progressing great, and the plan is for both of them to be back with the season opener. Brees Hall is going to be a second, third-round pick. His ACL tear was pretty clean and happened a little bit earlier than other ones, so I am optimistic with him, uh, especially with Derek Carr and Rodgers likely coming. Can I pivot from that Brees Hall conversation to another second-year running back and what Doug Peterson said about his running back room? Because I know that right now, Travis Etienne is going, what, somewhere around pick 30 overall? Yeah, third-round pick. Round three. And we know about Doug Peterson and his past and the Eagles. I'll just let him say it for himself. Looking to maybe add more running backs? Yes. You knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think in today's game, you got to have you got to have two to three guys. You got they, they got to be able to carry the load. You're talking about a 18 week, 17 game schedule in a postseason. It's, it takes it's wear and tear on guys, you know. And and, and so, you know, um, we haven't seen enough of Snoop Connor yet either, you know. And, and but we we like him, and we know what Jamichael can do. We obviously know what what, what you know TJ Etienne can do. Um, and so, you know, yeah, you're always looking to to have two, three, four guys that can work the rotation at any given time, you know, and I would say this, the last thing I would say is I like him to play special teams as well. And so that's a big, big part of the, you know, I, I think the, the impact of a running back is being able to play special teams. All right. So there was a nine game span last year where you remember Travis Etienne averaged 20 touches a game. Doug Pearson saying 
I want a two, three, four backfield staple, a, a backfield rotation. Travis Etienne was awesome. Like in terms of, I think showing more physicality than I was expecting, there's still areas for him to improve. And I'm sure he will after, you know, losing his entire rookie season and now his second year in Doug Peterson system, but there's going to be someone brought in to either get goal line work or just work in general. This is not just like match the tape and everything we talked about. Travis totally. Etienne, home run hitter. He can really break off a big run here, but is not the reliable rusher uh, in power situations. Uh, I'm just going to throw out a quick name here. Roshan Johnson, the, the Bijan Robinson's backup. This is talking about special teams and a power guy. I think somebody in the third, fourth round is kind of the sweet spot here, and it will lower Travis Etienne's projection just a tad. I still think Etienne's going to get 15 touches per game, but I do not think that he's going to get a 20-touch player and remember Doug Peterson wasn't the one that brought Travis Etienne in uh going back to the fantasy conversation though this offense is gonna be so sick that I don't want to get too down on Travis Etienne even if we do think there's limitations with his profile and that's going to lead to another back most backs don't have a full workload I'm not expecting Travis Etienne to either especially in best ball when you know touchdowns will be scored he is going right now he's sandwiched between Josh Jacobs and Ramondre Stevenson like I like Ramondre more Yeah, those are premier backs. And just to take this over into a Josh Jacobs conversation, Josh McDaniels said that we would love to work out a long-term deal with Josh Jacobs. And basically, in lesser words, said that no matter what, Josh Jacobs is back as a Raider next year. And the franchise tag is at the very lowest level going to be used. Franchise tags $10 million. The best running backs in the league get paid about 13 ish million dollars. Josh Jacobs is going to be on the franchise tag at the very least. So I don't think that's a big thing. Uh, Josh McDaniels also said some other things. They're obviously in the quarterback market here. They they said that they like the rookie quarterbacks. That's for sure. Uh, they said, quote, the long-term plan here is to have a young player to eventually develop and be a Raider for a long time. This is one of those teams that only has Chase Garber signed. So they will be adding a veteran quarterback here in free agency. I do Wait, not think who? that's Chase Garbers. What what college is, is did he come from? <laughs> I have no idea. Cal, University of Cal. Chase what? Garbers. He's not a real, real person. Uh, and then McDaniel said, what uh, traits is he looking for? Leadership, toughness, move the ball, take care of the ball. So they're picking seventh overall. It seems like they would love like Will Levis. I, I'm trying to find teams that would like Will Levis, but talking <laughs> about leadership and toughness, like that's like the number two traits that he said, and that kind of uh, meshes up with the the Will Levis uh, projection. I I think Will Levis is going to test more athletic than he showed during his final year when he dealt with turf turf toe all year long. Uh, The other part of this is on, I believe it was PFT with Chris Sims, who used to be like the quality control guy for Josh McDaniels. He asked an interesting question because about a decade ago when that was happening, McDaniels had thresholds for quarterbacks. Like they'd have certain hand size, certain height, Mm. certain weight. And McDaniels said, I've had to totally change those. And it's not just me and myself as an individual, but also the types of quarterbacks that college football is giving us now. You know, they just are different body types. They're different body shapes. And so that doesn't completely, I think, preclude them from taking someone like Bryce Young. Yeah, I agree. If they can get up to the Bryce Young stuff, they have some good draft picks uh, at this point right now. Can we talk about, since we're talking about quarterbacks, um, I guess I'll bring it on over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, this one just stood out to me really quick uh, because the Buccaneers are one of these teams that are clearly playing for, let's say, 2024. And the, let's say, company line as we opened this show was about the confidence in Kyle Trask. Who was Kyle Trask? Uh, 
Here's Jason Light. Comfortable going with Trask if Brady would have stayed retired last year? Would that was that something that that was on the board for you guys? Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. And we uh, we're very excited about Kyle. Um, you know, as you know, being a Florida native, mm-hmm. he had a hell of a career at yeah. Florida. Um, you know, he's got a history of taking advantage of his opportunities. Uh, you know, forty three touchdowns, eight interceptions his senior year in SEC. I mean, that's that's not easy to do. Right. So now he's had the opportunity to sit behind Tom for two years, see how Tom operates. Um, Blaine's a true professional as well, so sure. see how those guys operate, and um, we think it's just only going to help him help his cause. Yeah. So the guy. Yeah, they were so in love with Kyle Trask that they made him inactive behind Blaine Gabbert for 14 games. Yeah. Last season, um, could the Bucks be sellers? I think they have no choice to be, uh, but to be sellers here. Uh, they did ask Todd Bowles if Chris Godwin or Mike Evans are going to get traded. Those are two names I floated out as trade possibilities just because the wide receiver market in free agency is not very good. And I don't think the NFL draft wide receiver market is very good. So I do think some desperate teams could come calling for them. They are, their cap situation is the worst in the league. I think that they have a chance to have the first overall pick next year, especially with the Kyle Trask comments. And I actually believe this one. Like sometimes like you believe like the Sam Howell stuff for a second. No. I actually believe this one. This is a second round pick and this team is tanking uh, and they're cutting players, including uh, Leonard Fournette. Other big names will be cut here. They are going to be on a mission just to get back under the salary cap. They're not going to have basically any money to sign any notable quarterbacks at all. Yeah. I mean, offensive line has been such a success for them when going through the Super Bowl. Obviously they had so many injuries across the line last year and then had like Ali Marpet retire on them. Could someone like, I don't know, Shaq Mason be traded? Because it saves them about $5.2 million. Tom Brady is no longer there. If you're not going to compete, maybe pick up some draft capital, some cap space from someone like Shaq Mason. That's just one of the names I think of could be of many. And that's why I think the Todd Bowles thing could be definitely some cap here just because Mike Evans, the last year of his contract, everybody wants Chris Godwin, obviously. This team's going to be miserable, miserable, miserable. And they know it. And that's why they're talking about Kyle Trask. And there just aren't enough quarterbacks going around right now. And mm-hmm. someone brought this up, and I can't remember who, but like that mid-level of the quarterbacks that say like the Sam Darnold contracts, maybe like the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, uh, I highly doubt that those guys get paid as much as they previously did. Agreed. And they will get like nothing this year. And there's a lot of them. There's a the, lot the, of them. That's the, what I mean. They're replaceable. Yes, but but this is the depth of the free agency class is somehow at quarterback. Like all those guys are them. Gardner Minshew, all those type of guys are available. So and like Derek Carr is in a different stratosphere than them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Drew Lock is Drew Lock. He's a he's just because there's some connection with the quarterback there. It might be Drew Lock versus Kyle Trask. Uh, Let's talk about a real quarterback, can I? Sure, go ahead. Ravens, Lamar Jackson, um, Eric DaCosta, their GM, goes up there. He says he's optimistic. Uh, about getting Lamar Jackson under contract. Both Harbaugh and uh, DaCosta said that they want to get this done before the uh, franchise tag deadline in the next about 10 days from now. Uh, They said it's unique to definitely um, be negotiating with Lamar Jackson himself. They have the franchise tag to use. Obviously, every single team wants Lamar Jackson. I still think the most likely scenario is that the Ravens do get him under contract here long-term, but they also have the franchise tag. So I think at this point, I would still be pretty shocked if Lamar Jackson isn't on the team. But I know that the longer this kind of lingers, obviously the odds go up a little bit. Listen to a Mike Garofolo interview, and he said the same thing. Like, the more this goes on, the more it's like a legit possibility. And maybe because like some feelings have been hurt 
along the way. There's also been some reports that Lamar is doing this in order to like save quarterbacks across the league and get fully guaranteed contracts. All that I know is that if the Ravens do decide that, hey, this is not salvageable, we can't do the franchise tag and we should just cash in now, the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes would be gigantic. Yes. It would be gigantic. And the Panthers would be involved, a ton of other teams. Falcons. Yes. And I would be shocked if it gets there just because of what I believe the superstar is of Lamar Jackson, how Harbaugh went up there this week and said, hey, every offensive coordinator that we scheduled and interviewed, it was with the idea and the mindset that Lamar Jackson, plus, I mean, just the franchise tax right there, like it would Mm -hmm. force him to play. Yeah. So I would highly doubt a move is made and something changes here. But if it does, it would change the entire course of the NFL offseason, like the Deshaun Watson stuff did last offseason. Yeah, it's just as big as that. Um, Some other minor things. They kept talking about the wide receiver position. Obviously, we've been talking about the Ravens' lack of wide receiver receiver for so long. They gave an injury update on Rashad Bateman. Uh, He's doing well after they called it a pretty serious foot injury, and they had no choice but to do the surgery. They're still very excited about Rashad Bateman, so maybe he goes a little bit underlooked in current best ball drafts. And then beyond him, they said that they have to, quote, uh, keep swinging with their wide receivers. They also mentioned the possibility yeah. of trading to get one. So I would be, I think this is very simple for the Ravens. Get Lamar Jackson under contract, find them a number, a number one wide receiver, maybe Rashad Bateman. You can get lucky that he uh, still uh, turns into one compared Rashad Bateman to me would be the first or second best wide receiver in this draft class. Um, so I don't blame them for still being kind of uh, optimistic with Rashad. I keep bringing this up, but in the first, what, three or four games of last season, Lamar Jackson had 10 touchdowns. Balling. After Rashad Bateman left, and I'm not saying Rashad Bateman's like the greatest second, third year wide receiver in the league, but it just shows you that without someone who can beat man coverage or a secondary pass catcher other than Mark Andrews, and especially on the outside, Rashad Bateman was playing, he barely threw, I think, eight touchdowns the rest of the season. Like, Mm -hmm. that was it. So he's such a pivotal piece because other than that, you have, Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay and James Prochet out there at wide receiver. So it's, no good. It, it, it's time to get some depth at that spot. Um, speaking of franchise tag, we should probably talk about the New York Giants. Uh, this is not a Joe Shane and even Brian Dayball didn't speak this week, which I was shocked. He's such a personable guy at the combine. Uh, Dave Dugan. This is a beat writer for the athletic for the team. It's basically an either or, you know, if they can't work out a deal, for Daniel Jones and they are forced to tag him, then that means Saquon Barkley walks. But if they can get a deal done with Daniel Jones, then Saquon Barkley will get the tag. And that means both are back next season. The interviews were very telling with, with Joe Shane. Uh, It's very clear that Daniel Jones is the first guy they want that they're going to spend with the franchise tag. And then it would go to Saquon Barkley. He said that quote, no doubt Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback for the giants just comes down to, long-term versus the one-year franchise tag. Uh, And then he mentioned Saquon Barkley that the negotiation gap has closed and opened up really far apart. They still have things to work out, but they're cautiously optimistic that both will be back. But it was was interesting to to get that clarity that Daniel Jones is the bigger priority rather than Saquon Barkley. I think that we were kind of running under that assumption, but um, they made it extremely clear now. And it's pretty amazing that it's so binary that it's an if-then. Mm-hmm. And Saquon's deal hinges on Daniel Jones working out a long-term contract. Yep. And if not, Saquon's going to play somewhere else, basically, unless he takes yep. 
something less money from yeah them. less money from them um they also mentioned that uh Assigning the franchise tag is not something they want to do. It actually deters them from signing other players and getting long-term kind of concrete details on how they can build their team. So they don't want the perfect world for them is they get both of them under contract without using the franchise tag. They also released Kenny Galladay as expected. This is another one of those teams that's going to be in the wide receiver market. They picked 26 overall. So this is kind of the sweet spot for those like tier two, tier three kind of level prospects. I could be mixing up my timelines here, but if Saquon Barkley does walk, this would be a very intriguing team for me with Damian Harris because I believe that Brian Dayball and Damian Harris have crossed paths during their time together at Alabama. Damian Harris is going so late. late Damian Harris is going to score touchdowns for someone next year. It's absurd that like, I I think he's not in the same exact tier as Miles Sanders, but uh, he's very close, like an NFL talent. And their their ADPs right now in best ball are like 115 spots different. It's absurd. I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and John Lynch. No video here, but I'm going to read some quotes from Matt Barrows, their beat writer. Quote, either way, having Brock Purdy back for training camp now seems too optimistic. It's because his, de- his surgery has been delayed. Uh, the swelling still needs to go down. And this is a different surgery than despite it being to the UCL than what baseball players have gone through, because let's say Tommy John or other UCL things have been because the ligament, the muscle, whatever it is, uh, has kind of withered away. But this one was all contact. Meanwhile, despite that negative news for Brock Purdy, it's all like positive on the end for Trey Lance. John Lynch's office has like a direct path to the practice field. And he says, Trey Lance is out there with no limp, just Mm -hmm. throwing bombs running, jogging, doing everything just from a timeline perspective. We're not even talking talent here or on-field ability. From a timeline perspective, it would be shocking if Trey Lance is not the week one starter for the San Francisco 49ers. Completely agree. He says he's recovering well. And then uh, Lynch also said that he's, quote, he's got to play for Trey Lance. And then we're talking about week one is what the target date is for Brock Purdy, which means that the 49ers are going to bring in more competition here. Maybe it's like an Andy Dalton type. They just need a way to, quote, insulate themselves with uh, extra depth at the quarterback position. I think that Trey Lance is going to go in there, be the number one. They're going to have some Andy Dalton type of guy to be the number two until Brock Purdy is back. But the timeline has been pushed back. Um, Another quick little note, um, just at the running back position, somebody asked them about Christian McCaffrey's workload. And they basically said that Christian McCaffrey has his own personal plan that they're going to follow because he knows his body so well during the week, but they never felt they had to manage him in games. They just said that uh, Elijah Mitchell is pretty good and that they're waiting for the playoffs. So I wouldn't look too uh, deep into those kind of like splits with him not getting all the, he's not going to get the Panthers level of touches here, but this offense is still going to be very good. Yeah. Trey Lance going as quarterback 13 right now in pre-draft best ball on underdog fantasy. Uh, He is healthy for OTAs. He's going to get all the work. You know, he's going one spot ahead of Daniel Jones right now. Yeah. So I'm buying as well. Next for you. Uh um, somebody I'm selling right now is the Vikings, uh, GM Kwesi Adolfo. Whoa. Talked about uh, getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Somebody asked them. Oh, I about... thought you were just out on Quezzy already. <laughs> no, no, no. Quezzy's fine. No, I, I have to like Quezzy. I know you do. His background, right? Um, but somebody asked them, what's your thoughts on Dalvin? 
And then he was like, Dalvin Cook or Dalvin Tomlinson? And when he talked about Dalvin Tomlinson, he's like, oh, we have to get him back. He's such a key person. And then when he talked about Dalvin Cook, then he said that he's a great leader, but we have a lot of constraints, salary cap. So I think at this point, Dalvin Cook is the one, the big wider or big running back name that I think is going to be released here. Alexander Madison is a free agent himself. So who knows who's going to end up going uh, back into Minnesota. They do not have a lot of money to spend. I think Adam Thielen is, is a cut candidate as well. Basically, the Vikings are just going to be worse than they were last year based off of talent, plus the regression. And they're just holding on for dear life until Justin Jefferson uh, breaks that uh, wide receiver record. Okay, to jump on the Vikings end here, one, a lot of their rookies that they picked highly last year did not play, you know? So hopefully... On some level, that helps them this year, especially with Brian Flores calling the defense. Two, the offense was changed when they able, were able to trade for TJ Hawkinson and having that player when, you know, Justin Jefferson does get bracketed, then you have TJ Hawkinson being the one that can beat coverage. Um, I just want the Alexander Madison relationship with the Vikings to be extended for multiple years and their fans because, you know, last offseason, they're like, trade him. We want Ty Chandler and Kenny and Wangu getting all these touches. Whenever Alexander Madison gets opportunity and gets run, he's been great at playing football for the Vikings. And if he goes in there, like it could be a sliding doors moment. Dalvin Cook out, Alexander Madison back on staying at home contract. That might be more team friendly than what Dalvin. And he's going as running back 44 right now, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, also, not to talk crap on the Vikings, they are number one with a 4.0 GPA in the NFL Players Association team report cards talking about nutrition and how they treat their families and all that stuff. A completely ridiculous thing, but I'd love to see it. The Vikings, the number one team in the league on how they treat their players. Can we do a couple quick nuggets on other mm-hmm. running backs then? Uh, the Bills and Brandon Bean, uh, their general manager talked about James Cook. Because Devin Singletary is a free agent right now. Naeem Hines actually, and I think a pretty large cap figure, and he might yes. be out of there. Uh, James Cook, quote, can handle a higher workload of touches. He mentions bring potentially Singletary back, looking to add in the draft. It's all to them finding guys with rack, you know, run after the catch. Um, because it's always hard to count on 10, 11, 12 play drives. I mean, the Bills have been in like these sweepstakes of running back. I mean, they were in the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes. Like, I think they understand that they just have to get explosive playmakers. Uh, and it's also in the receiving game. So, like, it's this weird balance of, ooh, let's get excited because it's a high-scoring offense, whoever the Bills bring in at running back. But at the end, it's always Josh Allen being the one scoring touchdowns inside the five and inside the 10-yard line. So how excited can we get about a Bills running back? He also mentioned that you can still draft a running back in the first round, and they were about to pay Christian McCaffrey a bunch of money and all the draft picks that came along with it. So I'm actually working on a column after um, the NFL Combine free agency mocking just the skill position players like the, for the first like top 100 picks. And I have Bijan Robinson slid into the Bills at 28th overall here just because going back that yards after the catch stuff, I thought it was pretty key that he kind of just said that out of nowhere. That's the specific trait that they're looking for at the wide receiver position, but and they really don't have that. anyone like that. Not at all. No, not yeah. at all. So um, we'll see what they want to do. They think that they, they have a lot of confidence with Gabe Davis as their number two. That's what they said here. They did say that that high ankle sprain was limiting him all the way through past Thanksgiving. But I think either somebody in the slot or move Steph Diggs into the slot a little bit more this next year, get a real number three wide receiver in there, push Gabe Davis possibly into that role. Yeah. I do think that Bijan Robinson or a big uh, running back Dalvin cook, if he gets released, I think somebody like that is definitely in play just based off these comments. 
Uh, did you see that someone uncovered that it is Dalvin James Cook is Dalvin's <laughs> full name, and then it's James Dalvin Cook is his brother's full name? <laughs> Why not? Why, Why not, not get them on the same roster yeah. then when that happens? Yeah, prediction, uh, like they did at cornerback last offseason, I bet the Bills go heavy. And we've seen it with the offensive line in the past, too. Like They tend to focus on, hey, we need to upgrade this one spot. It'll be playmakers this offseason. Yeah. Now, the wide receiver for agent pool, not good in that department, but maybe some different tight ends and so on and so forth in the draft too. Like they, they will try to get more explosive with the rack this year. Uh, another team uh, looking at uh, adding to running backs is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they mentioned b- both their head coach and their, or the GM here. Um, and, they said, and they said it before too, with, with Arthur Smith. Yeah. Arthur Smith add- is certainly not going to take the opportunity to talk in front of the media when given that opportunity. <laughs> Both of them have been on the same page historically saying that we want to add to the running back position. This is a committee type of program here. So I think obviously Algier is is the number one for right now. But I do think that he was drafted late enough in the draft. I think that there will be somebody else in there. Um, and then obviously they're excited about Desmond Ritter, but they kept saying we are going to add to the position. And as a reminder, Desmond Ritter was not a first round pick. Uh, they released Marcus Mariona. I think that the Falcons are somewhat in the market. For a quarterback, I think they're, team. they're the sneaky team for like a Ryan Tannehill trade. But then the Titans said something else uh, uh, today as well. Weird team. They, they, they need to find a quarterback and edge rushers. And they, only, they have the eighth overall pick. You know, that solves one of the problems. We, we need to figure out what a perfect picture Arthur Smith wants offensively. And we are in year three. Isn't We're in like, year three. This is the time to do it. And they're not in a position to do it right now. Isn't it just like Ryan Tannehill play action, have a good run game that have the two uh, Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London just like have the yards after the catch. I know you're building? trying to play matchmaker here with Ryan Tannehill to the Titans, but Titan, or excuse me, the Falcons, but Titans general manager, Rand Carthon went out there and mm-hmm. said that Ryan Tannehill is under contract and we're excited to move forward with him right mm-hmm. now. He's a Titan and he will be a Titan. He did say that. I, and I somewhat believe it, but I did do because think of all the your quotes, alternative is Malik Willis. Well, they have the 11th pick, and I think that they would get something from uh, the the Falcons in return for him. So we'll see about the the Titans. They, they've, they're releasing a lot of players. Robert Woods, Taylor Lewan, some other players yeah. are coming. Their, their cap situation is not in good shape, and that's why I go back to the Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. It would be very tough, but those guys are on expiring deals very soon. They are not part of the long-term future here. So what exactly are we doing? I do like this Rand Carthon, dude. He's just energy and stuff is so awesome. So uh, definitely rooting for him. Obviously, him and Vrabel. Um, have a lot of work to do um, with the Jaguars looking to go crazy in that division. A couple of small running back notes. Dolphins, Chris Greer said that they're open to Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson returning. Uh, we know that that was a tandem for a lot of time. Um, it's also jujitsu that two is taking, not just judo and learning mm-hmm. how to fall and all this stuff. And I think actually they were quite honest in saying, Hell yeah, we are scared about his health, but there's truly like nothing we can do about it. And we kind of have to move forward with this direction with him as our quarterback. And what happens, what happens, basically. And we're like going to do our mm-hmm. best to create an environment around him. They even name checked Austin Jackson and saying that he's a pivotal part of their offensive line. He just has to stay healthy. You're a dude. Um, not claiming him. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. What what can you do if you do a had this offense rolling. He's not like an elite player, but right. like, what are you supposed to do? So I, 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 I believe it. Uh, final one for me. I, and this is more of my disappointment. And you could tell me if you heard something different. I don't know if we got a single question to the Texans about the running back room and Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to say that, Hey, yeah, Damian Pierce is our guy. Like we, we have a running back. 
And I, I still wouldn't believe it though, even if they said it, just because he went, he was drafting the. Fourth but they have round. so many other things. They have so Facts. many other things, like literally every single other position, other yep. than offensive tackle, because they came mm-hmm. out and said that Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard are our bookend tackles. That mm-hmm. like, do you really need an improvement off of Damian Pierce? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I have him like kind of around ADP right now. Um, uh, the Texans, both uh, Casario and D'Amico Ryan's, both said the exact same thing. They're going to do quote what's best for the team when it comes to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is one of these wide receivers I expect to get traded. Uh, They have the 12th overall pick. I think Jordan uh, Addison kind of is in that ballpark for them um, if they do go Bryce Young plus another playmaker. Because the reason I want them to put other chips in the corner of Damian Pierce is because he's going as a running back 20 right now on underdog. That's just ahead of J.K. Dobbins and Javante Williams. I mean – Javante Williams situation, it does not sound great right now with the Broncos, yeah. and it's going to take multiple weeks into the season. They said that they think that he might be on track for week one, but this oh. is a situation. You just look at the medical stuff. I am not going to totally believe into that right now. Um, I, I got a quick thing on the Broncos, by the way, okay. since we're here. Yeah, this is it. James Palmer of the NFL Network who has close ties to that Broncos organization. I don't know if you heard this one, so this might be a shock to you. And the Tim Patrick part... I think is maybe, if you don't live in Denver, the most underrated player uh, that impacted the way the season went last year. I, I, I left Denver so we can say it. Zach Azani thinks he's the best receiver in the room. Wow. Tim Patrick? Oh, he thinks he's the best football player in their whole wide receiver room. Yeah. That, yeah. If that doesn't show you what they lost with him during training camp, like I think that's a massive part that nobody's really paying attention to. So the reason I want to bring this up, one, there was a – month-long love fest for Tim Patrick, which there should have been last year. He was going to play big slot and Nathaniel Hackett offense. We saw what happened to Nathaniel Hackett offense. We've also seen Sean Payton have plenty of success with big pass catchers kind of in that slot over the middle of the field mm-hmm. and go from like the Marcus Colston days to the Michael Thomas days. I'm not saying Tim Patrick's going to be who he was previous to the injury, but that stood out to me. Uh, it it does to me as well, just because Cortland Sutton is has a tradable contract here. Um, so if Tim if if they really like Tim Patrick, then all of a sudden maybe Cortland Sutton is one of those wide receivers that could be um, in the trade market um, coming up. I have nothing else. I have some something. Uh, we got to go back to the same Howell stuff. Uh, oh yeah, Ron Rivera says he's not our starter. He's coming in as quarterback one. He has a chance to become the starter. Uh, the GM also said the same exact thing. One note that I thought was kind of interesting, Washington has no plans to meet with Derek Carr. I wonder if Derek Carr told them I'm not coming there, I can find better, or if they just didn't like him. But I thought like they would be a team that should be in the quarterback market because they have the 16th overall pick. Who are they going to actually be able to get in free agency? Is this like a Jacoby Brissett team? Like what are, we, what are we doing here after they release Carson Wentz? But Sam Howell was drafted in the fifth round, guys. And there was a player that they drafted in the fourth round who played more special team snaps than he did on defense, a safety that you guys have never even heard of. Uh, so the fact that we were just jumping that Sam Howell in the fifth round last year that didn't get any playing time is all of a sudden going to be the locked-in starter was absurd to me. Yeah, I think that that just goes along with listening to coach speak. Now, we could also fast forward here, Hayden, by the end of free agency. Maybe they just bring like Taylor Heineke back. And through the draft, and there's no one added. And at that point, you kind of have to buy into Sam Howell being the That'd starter as the quarterback 26. You know, I'm yeah. with you. Like their actions last year, they were competitive in a weird NFC East, 
but it was with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, who you know of. Mm -hmm. And then it felt like they almost had to pull teeth to get Sam Howell onto the field. And then immediately after the calendar year changes, they're like, they oh, yes, Howell's our guy. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. That doesn't align no. here. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, a couple more rapid fire notes. The Cardinals, uh, both the GM and the head coach said that um, – they're glad DeAndre Hopkins on the team. They did not seem to commit to him. It does seem like DeAndre Hopkins will get moved. Uh, the Cardinals GM also said that their phones are going to be open for that third overall pick. Obviously, when they're picking right in front of the Colts currently, uh, I do think that this is an opportunity for them to trade down potentially if they like another defensive player. Um, the Seahawks in a s similar boat uh, at quarterback. They're deeply involved with scouting the incoming quarterbacks. You have to be there, have the fifth overall pick. Um, but they're positive talks with Geno Smith. Geno Smith will be on this team. I would be shocked if that's not the case there. Um, so that kind of rounds out like the top five overall picks. And then one, uh, two last notes, uh, Kadarius, Tony and Sky Moore quote, both of them will probably have bigger roles. Both of them are very talented. That's what Andy Reid said. They're going to be losing Juju Smith-Schuster. MBS is a cut candidate. So I semi believe that one. And then the final thing, Mike McCarthy, he kept talking about the run game that he wanted to change 20% of the offense and uh, from what Kellen Moore was saying. And to me, he's like, we can't pass the ball so much because the time of possession and we're not getting enough turnovers and all that type of stuff. Uh, I wonder if they're going to play slower and run the ball more. And that kind of keeps me pretty nervous about the Cowboys offense this year. Defensive linemen and linebackers work out on Thursday, three o'clock Eastern defensive backs Friday, three o'clock Eastern quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends Saturday, one o'clock Eastern. And then Sunday we close it out with the running backs and offensive linemen. Hopefully you turn into the money ball video that I did on the offensive linemen. Go and check that out on the channel immediately after this. And Hayden and I are going to have like some sort of shows probably after each of these days, wrapping up like the important athletic testing yep. and just takeaways from each of these position groups. Real quick, I have a model that kind of takes uh, composite athletic testing, but instead of doing it for all positions, I only do it for the uh, the combine uh, test that mattered for that specific position. I have a model for each position because a wide receiver tests much differently than a linebacker does. So we'll go through the model and all that stuff, find the winners and losers of the combine every single day. This is the time we're going to go on a little sprint here with free agency coming back as well. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Be in the lookout for all of those live shows coming up over the next four days. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Villa. We'll talk to you all soon. See you.